You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org.
The word gospel translates to news that brings joy. But this isn't just any news. A gospel is news that changes a life forever. After being invaded and enslaved by Persia, Greece won two decisive battles at Marathon and Solnus. The Greeks sent out heralds, also called evangelists, to proclaim the good news to the cities. We have fought for you, we have won, and now you're no longer slaves, you're free. The reality is that we are all slaves, slaves to sin and slaves to death. We are slaves in need of good news. Enter Jesus, God's Son, fully God, fully man, bringing news that would change our lives forever. His news was this, I am the divine, come to you to do what you could not do for yourself. I will take what you deserve so you can have what I deserve. You have no idea how much it will cost me, but you also cannot imagine the depths of my love for you. It is a gift that I give freely, so repent. Repent from all the ways you've run from me and follow me. Follow me because I am the only way to eternal life. Follow me because I'm the Savior you've been looking for. Follow me because I have authority over everything, yet I have humbled myself for you. Follow me because I died on a cross for you, because I'm your true love and your true life. This is my good news for you. This is my gospel that you have been saved by grace and that you are slaves no more. Well, we want to welcome you, uh, whether it's morning that, that you're joining us uh, for this online service or if it's uh, evening or afternoon, uh, we want to thank you for, for taking part as we worship Jesus together. Uh, nothing better than for the body of Christ uh, to come together and to worship the living God. And uh, if, you're, if you're with us and maybe you're here for the first time, maybe you're hearing about Jesus for the first time, I believe that God has a word for you. I believe he's going to speak into your life and into your heart. Uh, the things that, that, that are missing are found in God. And so we're just believing together that God is going to do great things. Have you ever written a letter to someone or maybe a text, or sent an email out, and when you get done and, and you send it out, you're like, I said everything that needs to be said. That, that text, that email, uh, that letter... Uh, has all the, the content, all the context uh, that needed to be said uh, for my relationship with this individual. That's the way I look at the book of Romans or the letter uh, of, uh, of Paul to the church in Rome. It is a very complete letter. It's, it's a very complete literature, or you can call it a book. Um, <clears throat> great theologians have said things like, uh, uh, it's the most profound work in existence. The great, uh, uh, the great reformer, Martin Luther, uh, was touched uh, by the book of Romans. Augustine, uh, the great church father, was also impacted by the letter of Paul to the church in Rome. And so I just believe it's going to speak to every circumstance, every situation that we face. 
Uh, it's in the book of Romans that we learn how to get right. How to get right with God, which is the most important thing. If we're right vertically, uh, it's a lot easier for us to get right horizontally with relationships, uh, with uh, circumstances, with whatever things that we're facing in life. When you're right with God uh, and you have peace with God, it's a lot easier for us to manifest this peace into all of our uh, daily occurrences. And so with God, uh, great things happen. Uh, we learned last week that um, the church, the, the, the church is loved by God, and, and, and we should love the church. And we, we, we found out from, from the text, uh, we found out that, that the primary reason that we should love God's people, who, who is the church, is because God loves the church. And if God loves the church, then who are we uh, to be at odds with, with people uh, that are called by, by Christ. The second thing is he calls us to lo love one another. Uh, one of the greatest evidences of God being in any place is for there to be love because God is love. So wherever God resides, if he resides in our hearts, if he resides in our homes, the, the, the evidence of him being there is going to be that there's going to be love there. So Jesus told his disciples, he said, I'm going to give you a new commandment. And this new commandment is for you to love one another. Uh, as I have loved you, he told them, as I have loved you and I gave myself up for you, I want you to love each other in this same manner. And then he said, the, the whole world is going to know uh, that, that you are my people because of your love for one another. The way we impact our world, and there's a lot of hate in our world, the way that we impact our world is for them to see real love being lived out and transforming the people's uh, lives that are a part of what we call the church. Then we learn that, uh, that his love, his, God's love, calls us to a new position. <clears throat> we don't earn our way to heaven. We don't, we don't work our way to heaven. <clears throat> Excuse me. The work has already been done through what Jesus did on the cross. And, and what Jesus did for us at Calvary, we could never do. And, and because of that, he transfers us from, from being sinners he transfers us into this new position called holy. And uh, the Bible says we're called as saints. And so when you understand that you're a saint uh, who occasionally sins, but you're holy because of what Jesus has done for you, it's a lot easier for you to love yourself. It's very hard to love yourself if you look at yourself as dirty, if you look at yourself as unholy, if you look at yourself as no, no good for nothing sinner. It's a lot harder for you to love yourself when you look at yourself that way. But God gave you a new position, and that new position sanctifies you. It sets you apart from where you were at one time, and it makes you holy unto him. Again, because of what Jesus did for you. And because of that, you can love yourself because God loves you. Now, now it doesn't stop there. You can love yourself, but you can love others. When you look at the, the, the people that are called the church, those that have been uh, called out of the world and they've taken a step and gone into the direction of Christ, becoming a Christ follower, we love them because they're not the same people anymore. The former things have passed away and they've become new in Christ. Helps us to really understand that uh, we love God's people because of that. Now, we're also called to live at peace. I'm just doing some review here, but it's important. We're called to live at peace. We have peace with God and we have peace with each other. And there's nothing greater than for the peace of God to be manifested in our life. That we do everything that we can with 
whatever is in our power to live at peace with the people around us. With, with all the chaos, with all the difficulties, with all the, the anger and the maliciousness that's going on in our world, it's a wonderful thing for us to manifest the peace of God, especially in the church. And then the last thing that we learned last week is that uh, it's God's love that calls us to impact our world uh, through the church. Uh, Paul, as he writes to the church in Rome, he said, your faith is being talked about all over the world. And for us, no matter where you congregate, where you meet together, the, the buildings, not the church, the people that are in the building that are named by the name of Jesus are the church. And, and those people are called to make a difference in their world. We're here in Oracle. Uh, we also have a campus in Kearney, uh, 45 miles down the road. And uh, our buildings don't make a difference, but the people in the buildings, the people who are called by the name of Jesus are called to make a difference in their communities. And, and, and so it's the love of God. It's the love in the church that calls us to, to do just that. Um, today I want to talk about how God has called us to share the gospel. Are we sharing the gospel? And it, it really can be put like this. Uh, remember we, we, we learned last week that God loves the church uh, but, this, but the same thing can be said in a, in a different lens, in a different perspective, in that God loves the world. In fact, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, uh, so that anyone who will believe in him, they won't perish, but they'll have everlasting life. And so we, we see that, that God's love for the world calls his people to also love the world. And what we do by loving the world is we share good news. In the church, we celebrate good news. In the world, we share good news because there's all kinds of bad news. Every news feed is, is negative. All the, the people are talking about pessimism. We've got, we've got pandemics. We've got, in, in this area, we've got wildfires that are, that are just destroying acreage of land. Uh, we have a, uh, uh, social injustices, racial wars, racial tensions all around us. And so people in the world, they need to hear good news. They need a, a covering of God's grace upon their life. And so uh, we're going to go to Romans chapter 1, continuing this letter. And we're going to look at verse 14 through 17. And in that, uh, we see some wonderful nuggets uh, of Paul progressing from, from teaching uh, the church that, that you celebrate good news, and then the church is called to love one another, and then from that, we're called to move out and make a difference in our world. So uh, let me pray a blessing over the word, and then we will go right into the message. So Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for you being present with us here as we meet, uh, Lord, for those that are in their homes, uh, those that are, that are not uh, here in this space, Father, we're still together. We're linked together through the Holy Spirit. So I pray your blessing upon everything that I say. I pray your blessing over your word. Uh, your word is perfect, so as I handle it, I, I, I pray that I will handle it in a way that's, that's, uh, that, that honors you, that brings glory to you, Lord God, uh, as I humbly come before you as your messenger and, and just pray that I can speak 
a message that will impact people for, for eternity. So we pray this in Jesus' name, and we are very careful to give you all the glory and all of God's people said amen and amen. So Paul starts out and he says in verse 14, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. This is great. I'm going to say it again. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm going to stop and pause right there because do you see how every people group that Paul was dealing with is included in what he's talking about. He says, I'm talking to, to uh, the Greeks. I'm talking to the barbarians. The barbarians were those that were kind of outcasts. They were doing their own thing. They didn't, they didn't follow any civil rule. They did whatever they wanted to. They were looked at upon like, man, those barbarians, look at what they do. They're just destroying uh, civility. They're, they're, they're destroying everything. And, and the Greeks are these intellects. And then he goes on and he says, he says it's, it's salvation not only for the Jew, for the religious people, but also for the Greeks, for these intellectual people, for these agnostics, for these atheists, or whatever philosophies that we have. He kind of, it's an umbrella that covers everybody. And then verse 17, he says this, For in it, in it being the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Another translation says, the just shall live by faith. Man, there's just so many wonderful things to unpack right there. Uh, but the first thing that I want to share about uh, how and why we should desire to share the gospel is, is point number one. We are obligated to the gospel. Paul said, I am under obligation." And uh, if you look at different translations, you see the NIV says, I am bound, I am, I am tied, I am, I am, I am I, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I am held by this need to share the gospel. Uh, the Revised Standard says, I am obligated to the gospel, as the uh, English Standard Version says. But when you look at the literal translation, what it really means is, I am a debtor, I am indebted to the gospel. Now, as we, as we look at this, as we reason this out, uh, we, we find out that what it means is, is so incredibly good uh, because we look at what debt does, and there are two ways that we can get in debt. The first is to borrow from a second party. And in this case, you are indebted to that person until he or she is paid off. You know, you, 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 you take a loan out to, from a banking institution. You take a, a loan out from a person that has a, a large sum of money or some kind of material. You owe that back to them until it's completely paid off. So that is not yours. It belongs to that person, that institution, until it's paid off. But there's another, there's another way that we get indebted. There's another way that we become a debtor to, a, to another party. And, and this, this second way is when there is a third party involved. And that person gives you money to give to 
someone else. So in other words, it's not just you and that person, but that, that person gave you money or gave you some kind of a material blessing so that you can transfer it to someone else. Now bear with me right here. Uh, in this case, you are indebted to that person until you give it to them. Not only to the person that gave it to you, but the person that it belongs to. For example, a, a, a friend of yours, his, his father gives you uh, $100 or gives you, let's even go bigger than that, gives you $1,000 and he says, do me a favor, will you please give this $1,000 to my son? And, and so you, you, that, that $1,000 doesn't belong to you, you're indebted to, to that son who it belongs to. And when you see that individual, he says to you, hey, did you, did you bring me, did you bring me that, that $100 or did you bring me that $1,000 that my dad sent to me? You're indebted to them, right? It's a wonderful way for us to look at it. And, and, and until you give it to them, they, they, you're still indebted to them. Now, this is what Paul said. I love the way the NLT puts it. He said, I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and the uneducated alike. So, so what Paul is saying is that what God shared with me, what God gave to me, uh, he gave to me to give to others. And there are people that, that, that need that gift, that free gift of salvation. There's people that, that long, they're, they're lost without God. And God has been so gracious. And to those of us that have, that have received Jesus, he paid us, he blessed us, he paid for our sins. But it's not just for us. It's for all the people that God brings in our path. And, and so that, that, that grace that he bestowed on us, that grace that never ends, it's given to us so that we can share it with others, so we can share the gospel with the people who don't have the gospel. And those people are longing and they're waiting and they're, and they're empty without the love of God, without the grace of God, without the compassion of God. My daughter works in the school systems in Las Cruces, New Mexico. We're praying for all the schools because of all that's going on with this pandemic. But in that, she's, she's made some really great relationships. And there's an educator in there that she befriended and they became good friends. And through this friendship, uh, my daughter has, through just their relationship, shared the love of God. Well, he, she pointed her to watch our um, online service. And, and through her watching, she said yes to Jesus uh, about two or three weeks ago. You see, what, what my daughter did is that uh, she was able to share the love of God and then she was able to point her to the Word of God. And through that, uh, that gift that was given from our Father, from our Father in heaven, our eternal Father, has been passed on to someone else. And it helps us to understand that the gospel is intended to be given out to all the people that God had chosen to receive it. You see, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, God had chosen me to receive it, but I needed people. I needed people that would be willing to share that grace with me. When Paul is, um, is writing to the church in Corinth, he talks about how him and, and this other uh, leader in the church, Apollos, 
We're used as vessels by God to, to share the good news, to, 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 uh, to give the mysteries of God, to, to speak out the oracles of God, the things that we, people don't understand that, that God gives to us through His Holy Word and opens up our eyes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in, in uh, chapter 4, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians, he says, he says to the church, he says, Look at Apollos and look at me as mere servants of Christ who have been put in charge of explaining God's mysteries. He says, Paul and I have been entrusted with explaining God's word to you. Just like me as, as, as a pastor, uh, God has, has given me and entrusted to me the, the precious word of God that I will handle it in a, in a humble way and that I will give it out to people and that, that as I share the, the word of truth, that I share the gospel, the good news, that people will welcome the good news and they can celebrate this good news and that they can live out the purposes of God in their life. To the Galatians, Paul said this. He said, they saw that, that I had been entrusted. He's talking about the pillars of the church, James, John, and Peter. He said, they, 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 saw, they saw that I, I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised or to the Gentiles, to the nations, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised. You see... I am indebted to the people that God sends to me. I am indebted. If, if I was not to share the gospel with them, I would, not be, I would not be fulfilling what God has intended for my life. Not only to give me good news, but for me to share good news. When you keep, when you keep the good news just to yourself and don't share it with the people in your life, you're not fulfilling everything that God has for you. God keeps filling me with the good news so that I can give it away. The more I give, the more I share, the more I love, the more He gives. The more He shares, the more love that I can receive. It's a, it's a love, it's a message. It's a grace that reciprocates, that comes from God and goes out to people. Here's the second reason that you should share the gospel, is that we should, not be, we should be unashamed of the gospel. Not only did Paul say that he was obligated and a debtor to the gospel, but he writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel. You see, any gospel that you are ashamed of becomes a weak message. I'm going to say that again. A gospel that you're ashamed of becomes a weak message. It loses its potential to change people's lives. If you're ashamed of something, it loses the potential to be a transforming message in people's lives. And an unashamed follower of Jesus walks in the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only is this message a message from God, but it's a message that comes with substance and it comes with power. It comes back with the Holy Spirit of God working in us and through us. I love the way that the, the message paraphrase puts verse 16 and 17 of Romans chapter 1. It says, it's news 
I'm most proud to proclaim this extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts Him. I'm going to say that again because this is good. It's news I'm most proud to proclaim this extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts Him, starting with Jews and then right on to everyone else. God's way of putting people right shows up in the acts of faith, confirming what Scripture has said all along, that the person in right standing before God is by trusting Him, and it really leads you to live. Let me say that one more time. The person in right standing before God by trusting him really lives. Is this good news something that you're proud to proclaim? It's it's the message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who will trust. And and when when we are ashamed you minimize the power of the Savior that the gospel is proclaiming. Your faith becomes weak in the very person who has the power to transform not only your life, but the lives of those that are in your circle of influence. I believe this is why Jesus told his disciples in, in Mark chapter 8, verse 38, it says, if, he said this, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation. This is good right here. Let's, let's, let's just pause there. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the gospel message, in this adulterous and sinful generation, in this, in this, in this place where you live, in this dark, immoral place, if you're ashamed of me, look what he says, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. Jesus tells us, he says, there's coming a day that he's going to come back for his people. There's coming a day that he's going to, 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 to bring complete restoration. There's coming a day where, where there will be perfect judgment, uh, where he will not let anything be laid uh, unturned that needs to be turned. That everything that had been spoken in, in the secret places will be shouted from the rooftops, where, where, where we will find out exactly who we are outside of him. And in that time, he said, every person that's not been ashamed of him, that he's going to proclaim him to the Father. But every person that's been ashamed of him, he's going to neglect him to the Father because they did not stand up for God. Paul wrote to, to Timothy, a young leader in the faith, and he says, he says in, in, in chapter 2, of, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 and 12, he says, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. He said, I, I follow the things of Christ. I share the gospel of Christ. Don't be ashamed of our Lord and do not be ashamed of me. And then he says, that is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed. You see, Paul knew the power of the one that he had trusted. Paul knew that it was Jesus Christ that met him on the road to Damascus. It's Jesus Christ that that completely changed his life, that completely changed the way that he thought and transformed him into this, this prideful, 
this prideful religious leader into this humble vessel of grace who loved people the way that God loved them. And he lived unashamed. And I'm telling you right now, those of you that are watching, there, there will always be a temptation for you to be ashamed of the one who saved you. Just like a teenager, when, 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 they, when, they, when they're growing up and they're infants and they're toddlers and they're, 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 they're children, they, they rave about their parents, they rave about their father. But have you noticed that when they become teenagers, that sometimes there's a temptation for them to neglect their parents and for them to, to even uh, be ashamed of the way that they act. It's the same parent. The same parent who loved them, the same parent who changed their diapers, the same parent that helped them throughout their lives, the same parent that had been there when they'd fallen down and been there to mend them into health. But there's a potential, there's a temptation. It's, it's, this physical application is a very spiritual application, how we can be with God, where we think that we know more than God, where, where we think that, that, that people really don't need, to, they don't need to know that we need God in our lives, that we trust God in our lives. And if this is you today, that maybe you are not living out your faith by being unashamed of the one who saved you. Maybe God is calling you today to say you don't have to be ashamed of the one that will give you power to overcome. The last reason that we share the gospel is that we are made right by the gospel. Paul said, he said, in it, which is the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. In, in the gospel, the, the, the right standing, the, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. From, from this person believing and they become right with God to this next person believing and they become right with God. And every person who believes from faith to faith, from faith to faith, from grace to grace, we're walking out the righteousness of God. Not religion. Not trying to to become good in our own abilities, not trying to stand uh, before God with what we've done for him, but getting our righteousness from the gospel. And the gospel is this, that Jesus Christ fulfilled what no man or no woman could ever fulfill. If there, would, if there was one person that could ever keep the law perfectly, then Jesus would not have had to come. Then God would have said, why don't you live your life like Johnny? Why don't you live your life like Joey? Why don't you live your life like, like James? Why don't you live your life like Peter? Why don't you live your life like Billy? Why don't you live your life like Sue? They're the model. Look how they've lived their life perfectly. But we all fall short of the glory of God. And our righteousness comes from the gospel. The good news that Jesus paid the ultimate penalty for our sins so that you, beloved, so that you do not have to live a life with your head down and downcast, feeling like if you're not good enough, but you can live a life where you're forgiven and you're loved 
by the Almighty God so much that he died for your sins. And he says, as it is written, the righteous or the just shall live by faith. That's a good news. That's a good news that we share. That is a good news that changed every religious person, that's changed every philosophical person, that's changed every intellectual person when we come to that realization that it is Jesus and Jesus alone. God the Son took my place. And he went and, and he died a death that he didn't deserve. He died like a, criminal, uh, like a criminal when he never did anything wrong. He was mocked. And he took shame when everything he did was good. The good news is that he did it for me. The good news is that he did it for you. The good news is that he said yes to you before you ever said yes to him. And like every week, I invite you, I give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. It's as easy, it's as easy as A, B, C. I, I say that because the simplicity of the gospel is so important for us to know that it's open to everybody. The A stands for we admit that we're sinners. I, uh, we have to admit that, that, that we have to get rid of our pride. We have to release our pride. We have to admit that my, my way is the wrong way. My path is a path that's taken me into a, a life of destruction. So we come and we say, Lord, I am a sinner. The B is believe in Jesus. We put our trust in, in someone that is greater than us. We put our trust in God, the creator of the cosmos, the creator of the universe, the creator of everything that we see, the, the giver of breath. Every breath that I take is a gift from God. And one of these days I won't have a breath. And so while you have a breath, you can breathe and you can speak and you can say, Jesus, I choose to follow you, which is the sea. You confess him as your Lord. That means your supreme in authority. Kurios is the original word, Lord. Kurios. Supreme in authority. I submit my will to God's will because his will is better than mine. His plan is the great plan for my life. And we, 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 we confess him as our Lord and we choose to follow him from this day forward. You, you put your faith in him. You put your trust in him. You confess him. You can speak life into your life or into your existence. And so I want to lead you in a prayer. And if you're, if you're in, listening to me today and you're needy, you're in need of purpose for your life. You're in need 
to feel the emptiness in your life. You're in need for all the fear to be cast out of your life. You're in need for the anxiety to be taken away from your life. You're in need for some abundance in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I admit that I am a sinner. Lord, I'm tired of holding on to my pride. I'm tired of trying to live my life in my own ability, in my own strength. I'm, trying, uh, I'm tired of, of trying to, to make my plan work to fit the peg in a puzzle, the piece that does not fit. I've been trying to do that in my life, and Lord, you, you own the puzzle of my life. You're my creator, and so I submit my life to you. Today I confess Jesus as my Lord. I put my trust in you, Lord. I, uh, I speak with my mouth that, that, that I need a Savior. I confess that you died on the cross for all of my sins. Lord, and that you rose from the dead on the third day to give me complete forgiveness. So I believe in you today. I trust in you. And I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. And I choose to follow you from this day forward. To choose to follow you, Lord, amongst your people. I know that you'll bring people into my life that are going to be good for me. I know that you'll remove relationships that are bad for me. You'll, re you'll remove things that need to be removed. I give you permission now. I ask you to do so, Lord God. I ask you to, to, to replace the bad in my life with the good news and lead me from this day forward. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Have you prayed that prayer today? We celebrate with you. My heart is stirring right now because of what God is doing in your life. I, I just really believe that God has spoken to your heart. I believe that God has spoken into your life, into your circumstances, and I just, I just know that he's going to make a, 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 the, the, an eternal impact starting today. Don't be ashamed to tell people that you gave your life to Jesus. Don't be ashamed. We'd love for you to put the emoji, praise hands. Uh, don't be ashamed to do that. We'd we love uh, for you to put, I, gave, I, I said yes to Jesus today. Uh, you know, don't be ashamed to, to do so. And we'll celebrate with you. I, I say this all the time. You know, God, you know we, we as God's people, we can celebrate. We can, we can dance. We can celebrate the goodness of God and the, the angels in heaven. They're, they're, they're dancing. They're, they're celebrating. What, whatever dance that you celebrate, you know, it could be a two-step. It could be a, a cumbia. It could be, you know, you, you know uh, it could be the, the floss. What, whatever you do, you know, you're flossing it today. You're doing it for Jesus. And we want to be a church. We want to be a church. Even if you're afar off, we want to be a church that, that connects with you, that, that will help you, that will, that will uh, encourage you, strengthen you. You know, send us an email. We'll have a link at the bottom where you can send an email. Send us uh, some way that we can connect with you and, and know that, that, that God has a wonderful plan for you. And uh, if Living Word Chapel is not a church that you can connect to, there's great churches there's great Bible-based churches, Christ-centered churches all over the place. We pray you find one and you won't do life alone. And more importantly, as I close, let's share the good news. 
because God loves the church. And Living Word Chapel, we understand, we want to be a church that loves, empowers, and transforms everyone that God brings our way through the Living Word. This is what changes our lives. God's Word is alive. Peter told Jesus, you speak the words of life. And so my prayer is that the words of life came into your, into your home today, into your heart. And I want to tell you, God bless you. God loves you. Have a great day and a great week. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.